Fun fact. Did you know that I actually hate filling my car up with gas? I don't. Seriously, you didn't know that? No. Oh my Lord. It's I'm a total avoider. I am the queen of running on empty. Running on empty. I actually have a friend <laughs> who I share the same disdain with over ex- and we exchange photos of our gas gauges when they're on E. Oh, that's an interesting text message. But Michelle, what is the point of your story? Ah, that's right. My point. Okay. I don't think I had one. Oh, yeah, I did. All right. I will say, since we're on the topic of automobiles, I actually love going to our local neighborhood auto repair shop for all of my maintenance. Oil changes, digital inspections, the whole bit. The name of my spot is called Vapel Auto Repair, and it's right here in LaGrange Park. It's one of the most lovely, friendly, inviting places I have ever had my car serviced. Wow. Well, Vapel Auto sounds like a dream come true, but I need you to tell me a bit more about this digital inspections you speak of. I would love to. Digital inspections are super cool. This is where the mechanics take photos and videos of the areas specifically concerned within your vehicle so the customer can see exactly what's going on under the hood. Okay, I appreciate this so much because I don't have a clue what's going on underneath Yeah, (laughs) you and me both. Not only is Vapel Auto an independent, family-owned and operated auto repair shop, Vapel is a NAPA-approved auto care center. However, the part I love most about Vapel Auto is that you are actually invited to snuggle up in their cozy waiting room and sip on a hot beverage while you wait for your car's service to be completed. Doesn't that sound delightful? An auto shop that is cozy too? Oh my God, Vapel Auto sounds like my kind of auto repair shop. Listener, if you are local or live near the west suburbs of Chicago and in need of a reputable mechanic that cares about your car and your cozy, mindful well-being, then schedule an appointment at VapelAuto.com or call 708-352-8800. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michelle. And we're so excited you stopped by for a visit. Come on in. Yeah, make yourself at home. We're two Midwestern sisters who love a good old-fashioned conversation and enjoy sharing our life experiences with one another and you. Consider this your one-stop shop for cozy, mindful well-being, along with some entertainment and lots of wheezy laughing. Oh, you bet there'll be a lot of that going around. (laughs) Our goal is to live our coziest life and inspire you to do the same because the truth is, we think it's good for your mind and your body. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, let's get cozy. Hi there, and welcome back to the coziest podcast in all of the land, Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. I am your host, Lauren Masarella, being joined by my co-host and sister, Michelle Anderson. Hey, sister. Hey, hey, hey listener. We've been back, but we have (laughs) a new, we never, and we never will leave. We have a new sexy look. We got a mommy makeover. Sure did, honey. And she looks hot. Oh God, it it was so needed. It was so needed. You know, we just needed to revamp what our situation was looking like. We were feeling a little dull and we yeah. decided we needed to get a little yeah, Botox, yeah. a little, a little lift, tightening, a little tuck, mm-hmm. a, a little, little yeah, a little that, a little peel. And now and look at are. us. You guys, we're not talking about our faces. We are talking about our podcast art. So if you haven't <laughs> taken a moment yet, look at your phone. Let us know what you think of it. We have such an incredible conversation to share with you guys today to kick off our new look and our season seven. You know, speaking of looks, 
We are going to be sitting down with Danielle Osborne, who is the founder and COO of Closest Closet. It's a secondhand shop here in LaGrange, Illinois, and they are also one of our proud sponsors. She is working to make change. She is working to spread the message that sustainable shopping and sustainable fashion is right down the street, Mm -hmm. but it's also online. And we're going to talk all about that, but we're super stoked to have Danielle on because here's the deal. Every time we buy fast fashion, we're adding to the problem. I mean, it's the truth. It is. It's the hard truth, but people no one wants to hear it. And you might be like, well, that's not cozy, but you know, what is cozy is the power of information. Because knowledge is power. And our conversation with Danielle today is going to stoke your little fire a little bit and have you thinking, like, do I really need that that garbage clothing? Or should I maybe think about thrifting? Or thinking about using a, a sweater that uh, Sally Joe brought over to Closest Closet and decided, like, this is a bomb-ass sweater, but I've worn it. I've loved it. It needs a new home now. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. is the... Con- right, Michelle? Love it. I love it. <laughs> Sally Joe and her sweater. I know. I was like, Sally Joe, like we are from the Midwest. We don't Sally hang Joe. around with a lot of Sally Joes, but go with it. But go I'm with going it. with it because Sally Joe has a kick ass closet. Her wardrobe's killer. And but Sally she was Joe, kind of a bitch, though, wasn't Sally Joe? Doesn't matter. Not, maybe oh. in high school. Now she's cool. Okay. And okay. now okay. she's and, conscious of the environment. She, exactly. Okay. And now Sally Joe, <laughs> who was like shopping at Forever 21 in her 20s, is being smarter and wiser and more environmentally conscious because the people that matter are the ones behind us, our kids. They're the ones that are going to uh, borrow the planet from us next. And so we have to make their living conditions more desirable. Okay. Healthier. Preach, sister. Preach, I'm preaching. Sister. I'm preaching. But I'm going to hand the baton over to Danielle because she is the true star of this show today. Because what this woman is doing is making waves. She's making change. And she's informing consumers out there that they can make a change when they shop. And Closest Closet is one of the ways that you can make a change. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season seven. Welcome to our new sexy look. And please welcome Danielle Osborne, founder and COO of Closest Closet. Okay, Danielle, we are so stoked that you're here and going to chat sustainable fashion with us. Um, Raise your hand if you are a, a fast fashion junkie. I'm going to go like I'm halfway not. up. I'm, I'm, not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a, here's the deal. I am not a, I'm not a shopaholic. shopaholic. I'm not, not a shopaholic. shopaholic. That's because our mom was. So we are Warning doing the signs. opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad we're all at least getting our skeletons out of the closet, our retail, you know, shopping behavior closets. Um, Danielle, you are joining us today. You guys, Danielle is the COO and founder of Closest Closet in LaGrange. And I'm going to pass the baton and let Danielle uh, explain to us what Closest Closet is. But what we're also going to do today is dive into why she opened up and started Closest Closet and also talk about what assholes we are when it comes to shopping, because we are destroying our planet. Michelle and I and Danielle, I think you dove into some of the content that, that I sent in regards to a podcast called Threads. Um, another ABC article that went viral a few years back called Dead White Man's Clothes, um, featuring the disastrous conditions in Ghana and what's happening to all of our, quote, donated items. And then I also sent along another YouTube video. And each 
each content piece of content dove into how horrific our conditions are when it comes to shopping and fast fashion. All right, Danielle, I'm going to toss it to you. And before we dive deep into Closest Closet, I want to ask you if you think that the average consumer, which is everyone probably listening to this podcast, um, realizes how dire the conditions of fast fashion and our environment are due to the production of mass clothing. So thank you, Lauren and Michelle, for having me. I think it's such an important topic. I myself am a reformed asshole. Mm. And I think probably the better adjective to use is uninformed. Sometimes we just don't realize uh, the impact that we're having until it's right in front of us. And I think we'll talk a little bit later about how I saw the devastating effects of fast fashion. But I myself am still learning mm. what brands are the most ethical, um, all of the brands that have under uh, underpay their garment workers. So as somebody who's opened up a secondhand store that is facilitated by a circular marketplace, I'm still learning. And so I think that's probably a pretty good indication that everyone else who isn't dancing in and out of this space is definitely pretty uninformed. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was as informed. You know, we have a whole episode on what's happening in Ghana, and I'm sure it's happening in multiple places all over the world in these third world developing countries. And Michelle and I stumbled upon this ABC article that, you know, really like blew the lid off of what where our donated items go. And that was the first time I realized how horrific of the conditions of not only then, and then I go deeper, the workers in places like Bangladesh, there was that huge warehouse collapse that killed 1,000 people who were working for basically pennies. So what's interesting here, ladies, is that I'm finding is that there are so many problems with this like fast fashion empire. It's not only economic, it's not only environmental, it's like human rights, it's wages being paid or not being paid, it's working conditions. And then it's just us making piles of garbage. Um, I'm dying to know, Danielle, what your experience is. Did you, you, have you seen, were you in Ghana? Is this how you came about? No, I wish um, I, know, I love to travel um, to that part of the world. No, I was actually teaching. I'm now a school administrator, but at the time was teaching in Thailand. And as part of that teaching experience was able to travel, travel all over Southeast Asia. And in some of the more remote places where I was traveling, I was seeing firsthand textiles, fashion um, that were blocking waterways, that were littering mm. beaches. And I started asking questions to the locals I lived near in Thailand. And I learned that a lot of donation sites ship a large percentage of what is donated. The intention is that that, um, that underdeveloped space will be able to then turn around those items for a profit. And I think it sounds good on paper, mm -hmm. but in reality, those items, by the time that they arrive at their intended destination, are moldy, not in good condition, aren't able to be resold or, or refabricated in any way. And then they become, um, the infrastructure can't support the management of those extra mm -hmm. textiles and clothing items. And then it just becomes pollution. Mm -hmm. And once I came home and really took a deep dive into everything that that meant, 
I had the idea for a closest closet in an effort to keep items in circulation for longer to eliminate the devastating impacts on all of the other places that don't have the same desire for fast fashion as the United States does. I was, um, I'm putting together a bag of don't, don't, I mean, I don't even know when we're going to talk further about what I'm going to do with this bag, but I have probably, I don't know, maybe 40 pounds of clothing that I have to figure out what I'm going to do with it. And it has been sitting in my bedroom for maybe three months and it's clothes that no longer fit because of postpartum and whatnot. And I'm sitting here thinking what I'm going to do with them. And I, then I'm reading more and I found out that Americans on average discard, I'm going to use the word, just get rid of 80 pounds of clothes per year. One American does that. And where those clothes go, nobody knows. Well, and I have to say, that's the thing. All this time, I thought that I was like doing a right. good, doing good by putting that stuff at, to, to, you know, donating it to the local Goodwill or something sure. like that. And hopefully putting um, a shirt on somebody's back that needs it or somebody else has an option to purchase something at a lesser price. And then lo and behold, most of that crap isn't even getting put out there. It's unusable. It's not made it and it's going away somewhere else. And it's just turning into a giant heap of garbage. Yeah. So to break it down even further, and I'm not a numbers person, but I think some numbers, you know, easily uh, are understandable in our head. But 700,000 tons of used clothing get exported overseas. 2.5 million are recycled, um, but 3 million are incinerated and 10 million get sent to landfills. So if you break it down into percentages, most 62.5% of the clothing that we donate is sent to the landfill. 4.3% is sent overseas. 14 is recycled and 18% is incinerated. And donation sites are a great space, right? Like if you're already doing that, then you clearly, you're not throwing them in your garbage at home. Mm -hmm. So I would say give yourself a little bit of credit. Okay, you thank you, thank you. items to a space where, as far as you know, they are going to do all those things. They're going to be available at a lower price to people. Um, they are going to re be resorted and repurposed. But as part of this kind of investigation of this industry, I went to 20 Goodwills across the United States and talked extensively to the Goodwill workers who initially thought I was a little bit you know, off my rocker, but then Wait, why? Wait, why? <laughs> because I would just like saddle up next to, you know, Fred and be like, hey, so how long have you worked here? And, yeah. and you know, like how often are the cars coming through and how long sure. does it take for you? And then I talked to them about my experience in Thailand and that I was trying to figure out how everything works. And mm -hmm. they were really forthcoming. Good. Um, in some states, they can go right to the incinerator. Um, in one of the Goodwills that I saw in, I think it was Indiana, they took me to the room where the items are sorted and they were in piles and piles. There were wet, there were drips coming from the ceiling, oh dear. not the most cleanliest of spaces. And then the effort and energy to wash those clothes is then you're using resources, limited resources in that manner yep. as well. And so it's easier in a lot of ways to just pack up those items in big pallets and ship them. 
um, a friend of mine was teaching, or excuse me, was spending some time in Haiti and she saw firsthand the devastating effects and sent me pictures of how they were impacting the waterways there. And after seeing this, she started talking to some of the women that she knew in the town where she was developing a sustainable business and they will go to the um, to the port when they know that the textiles are being dropped off and they come in pretty regularly. And they will take some items that are in good condition that they can then, you know, maybe repurpose the fabric or sell. Um, if you are an American traveling in a foreign country and you see a Nike t-shirt, for some reason, we gravitate toward that familiar logo and brand. And it's like, oh, I got this shirt when I was in Haiti. So they know what travelers are going to be snatching up from the markets. Okay. But those are really limited, you know, it's a limited amount of items that are of high enough quality that they can be resold. Yeah. And in, in our research that we've done here at TSP, I've realized how much of the product that we send over to, and that's the thing, the stuff, the stuff that we're sending to these third world countries are, are barely having a second life. They are, most of them are ending up in waterways or being incinerated, which then causes, of course, different chemicals to go into the air and wreak havoc on people. And, you know, what I found was that we actually have the power ourselves as consumers. I think knowledge is power. We get to kind of uh, rewrite what we've been doing, not rewrite, but I guess change paths on what we've been doing personally as a consumer. And we can maybe go around the table here. After learning a lot of this information over the past couple of years, I have changed the way... I mean, I still get my silly white t-shirts that last like five seconds. Um, But I do find that now I need to spend... I, instead of buying the $12 white t-shirt, I just need to spend the $50 for the white t-shirt and have a t-shirt that's going to last me two or three or four years instead of honestly, three or four months. And so that that t-shirt doesn't end up in a landfill because I, I donated it because and it had a small hole in it. So Michelle, what are your thinking? What are your shopping patterns now that you've been empowered with some knowledge here? Well, I think that we also have to exercise a bit of self-control too. You know, like we are so quick to make the impulse. We are, first of all, we are constantly being preyed upon by the marketers, by the big stores, the fast fashion manufacturers to see something and want it immediately. For me, it's control. And also knowing that the stuff that I have in my closet, I've done a fairly good job. I need to revamp and maybe build some things up. But we, you know, like we don't need something every time we go out to dinner with our girlfriends. We don't need to wear a brand new dress. I perform um, with a band. I'm on stage in front of a lot of people all the time. And it could be really, really easy for me. And sure, sometimes it's fun to get all dressed up and really play the part. But I can't tell you how many times I've gone into my closet and worn a dress, a skirt I've worn on stage two years ago with an entirely different Mm -hmm. shirt. And it's like a new outfit. I think that has to be some of the situation too, aside from, you know, buying better. It's just being uh, less quick to jump in and buy something because you saw it looks pretty and you just have to have it. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there aren't any rules in fashion anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I when you walk, we were in the city last night for an event and walking down the street, 
everyone was wearing anything that yep. they felt like wearing. So I think the rules about fashion are changing. Whereas 20 years ago, if you weren't wearing a particular juicy brand couture, style, juicy yeah. couture. Yeah. I never got into juicy, was huge into Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> yeah. when they were in their heyday. Um, now I can't even imagine that their largest size would fit. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a whole other conversation. But you don't have to abide to the by the same rules anymore. So fast fashion is there are fifty two seasons as opposed to winter, spring, summer, fall, which previously there were two fashion seasons, and we are buying into that. So as criminal as it seems from the fast fashion producers. We are also buying all of those items quicker than they can be put out mm-hmm. on the on the floor at Target. Um, and Target's has its perks, right? Like kids' clothes are cheap. Yep. They're in style. They're fashionable. I almost have to wear blinders when I go in there for any totally. reason. Totally. It, it pulls at me. Yes. It pulls everything. Like dopamine rush is like, get over here. You know you want to look at the sweater or this graphic tee. Yeah. Yeah, and it it makes what what I transitioned into is instead of, and I mean I am not walking off of the walkway, right? As soon as I step into that space where the clothing are, I'm doomed. So Mm -hmm. I stay on the path, I get what I need to get, and I get the hell out of there. But what it does for me is it gives me an idea of what is fashionable, so that then when I'm at closest closet or shopping Facebook marketplace, I'm looking for things that are trendy and relevant for a fraction of the Mm -hmm. price and they're Mm pre-owned. Well, and not only that, but I feel like there's things like, okay, so what I've been doing is I hold on to, I'm holding on to some of my nicest pieces and just good clothing that I have for my baby, for, for Luna. Do you do the same thing? It's, Here's the deal. Luna's going to either open up a closest closet type store when she's older, or she's going to have like bomb ass vintage prom dresses and yes. just have the coolest wardrobe because I'm giving her all of this cool shit. Like some stuff's really nice and stuff stuff's just like average quality. But I've noticed that I'm giving her things that will last until she's ready to wear them. Number one, the other thing too about thrifting, because I, I like, I love thrifting. Um, and I, there's clothes that the stuff that I'm getting are good pieces. I'm not thrifting garbage. I'm thrifting nice silk button-down shirts. I've got this beautiful paisley shirt that I have that is just beautiful quality. And I know the the first owner of that piece, it was expensive for them to buy. And I probably I probably bought it for half the price. And now I'm in the mood for, I'm watching this French girl on TikTok and she's talked me into buying like a really nice cardigan. And I'm like, instead of buying a $300 cardigan, I'm going to go to a closest closet or I'm going to thrift a cool ass chunky cardigan that probably costs someone a hundred, uh, 300 bucks. And I'm going to get it for maybe $7,500 and not continue the bullshit that we've created in places like Ghana and all over the world. And something else I wanted to add to. Um, oh, she's there. She's getting, she's getting hyper. Because here's what's happening too. This is where I get a little pissed off is because I think that, and Michelle and I, I listen, I don't want to like boohoo influencers and, and fashion um, influencers because that's their living and everyone's trying to make an honest yeah. living and get out, you know, make it out here alive. It's just not ours. It's just not. What, <laughs> and I told Michelle, I told Michelle before, I'm like, I have a problem. Me morally 
pushing products on people, pushing clothes on people, because I feel like we consume so much as it is with the basic shit that we just need. Why are we trying to make a couple bucks on trying to get people to buy the same goddamn to sweater? Fill landfill, to fill to make a pile bigger in Africa. And so where I'm going with this is that I think like fast fashion and social media are like totally in cahoots. And they know that women, I mean, I know that the consumer, we, men and women consume, but women are really shopping at ton because they're seeing people push clothing down their freaking throats. And it's, it's mind numbing because it's like, how many jeans, pairs of jeans do you really, really, really need? Like two. how many jeans do you, maybe two. I think two. one, I think I have <laughs> two, a pair that has holes in it and a pair that's nice and neat for a more dressier outfit. Yeah. That's actually, there are two items that I would say that we get at closest closet that we cannot give away for free. Jeans is one of those. Um, and shorts is the other one. I think for two different reasons. I think everybody loves the idea of wearing shorts and then they put them on, they sit down, their under thigh sticks to the chair and they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and jeans, like I still wear my skinny jeans. Maybe they're not the most in, but they look the dressiest in certain situations. Um, but I would agree. We all hold on to things, jeans in particular, I think, because we know that they're going to circle that style is going to circle back around. So I would suggest holding on to one pair, putting it away in somewhere in your closet and not going out to buy a new pair of jeans every time that the trendy, you know, the totally. straight leg, the wide leg, the holes, the knot holes, the, the raw hem was super popular for a minute. I don't, uh, I'm not crazy about the raw hem. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I like it on other people, but not myself. And at Not the end of the me. day, if I don't like what I look like in it, well, then, then why the am I purchasing it? And I just want to say exactly, Danielle, you know, I was at Nordstrom a couple of years ago when the skinny jean was going out and the wide leg boyfriend cut was coming in. And I walked in and I was like, and I saw a lady and I'm like, what, what am I going to do? I, I have, all I have are jeans that are, they paint on my body. Right. And I like them. Like I feel good in them. They look good on me with a big oversized sweater or what have you. And she goes, you like them. That's they all that matters. Just keep wearing your skinny jeans. She goes, do you think that this store is going to stop bringing skinny jeans in? Because <laughs> now there's a boyfriend. No, oh. you wear the jeans that you like and feel good. And I was like, thank you. And that actually felt good. I was like, that's a nice thing to say to somebody who could fall victim to the like, what is the trendy thing that we, I, first of all, you can't keep up. Talk about keeping up with the Joneses. Who the fuck can keep up with 52 seasons of clothing really Honestly, people that have don't that just spend money and people that don't give a shit. That's I think that's because if you're buying for through the 52 seasons of fashion, I I don't I just I don't know how you can how you can keep up with it. Um, Closest closet closet makes it really easy to do that, actually. Yes, exactly. Um, You're right. I haven't purchased any except for undies, which you know I'm all about. You're not thrifting. Yeah, I'm not not thrifting (laughs) bras. I have done some bras and new undies. Mm -hmm. Um, I I recently saw my sister in a pair of undies that were brand new that I got at Closest Closet. And I said, oh, those are from Closest Closet. I don't know that she wanted to be reminded that they were brand new secondhand (laughs) undies. But I was thrilled that she was wearing them. I just um, love that you know what underwear your sister's wearing. I, it's odd. We don't, that doesn't <laughs> happen often. It was kismet that I happened to get a glimpse of her in her undies. 
and they were on these guys running around naked (laughs) in our household okay wait since we're talking about underwear i just gotta ask you we would we would thrift each other's underwear in our household i if we if my underwear was dirty I would just or go if our dog Bella business. chewed the crotch out of oh. my underwear, yeah, I'd have to I go would with go my sister and, and get a pair each other's of her underwear. Yeah. Did you guys, as sisters, did you guys thrift each other's underwear? So my sister, my middle sister Jackie, was the most fashionable. Hi, Jackie. Yep. And she would. This is no joke. My parents, like the only <laughs> thing my parents remember from us growing up, she, when I was coming home from college, she would pack up her clothes in a suitcase and bring them. To her friend Megan's house, so you wouldn't so steal. I did not have access brilliant. to any of it. Smart, brilliant. It, it Good job, was, Jackie. Yeah, in retrospect, it was really because I would have taken. I mean, later that she would have never seen that stuff again because it would have gone back to college with me, and everybody would have taken it. Um, but no, we did not. She's she doesn't like to share with me for whatever reason. That's and when we say Trump. thrifting, we mean stealing. We mean we stole each and other. then leaving it at your best friend's house and it never <laughs> to be found again. And then you walking around like feeling gaslit, like, am I crazy? So Didn't gross. I have a pair of pants that look? Where are they? So Nicole took them, and they're down the road now. We don't know. I'm um, glad to know your dog ate your undies too. Oh, so oh yeah. And you Crot- know, we, you know we, we, <laughs> we what Michelle? Nothing. No, I choose not to speak. Okay, I'm going to say what you were just going to say. <laughs> when my dog was on his last, <laughs> taking his last breaths. Last meal he, with a good stinky pair of undies. I hate both of you. He couldn't hardly walk. So I he wanted to him eat your a undies. pair of the dirty undies. <laughs> and I told that in a group and it was not received well. I am deceased. <laughs> You okay? Here, what do you want? Your last meal, dirty underwear. Do you want some dirty butang? Yep, yep. Oh. He, did, he 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 moved like he crawled the six <laughs> inches to get this to is, those dirty undies, and it was it was his last meal. I have to thank you for telling this story because you know, listen, there's nothing cozy talking about how we're destroying our environment, but there is something so cozy about talking about last meals for dogs, what we do in our sisterhood. So thank you that I have not, that is one of the best stories ever told on cozy conversations with the sister project. Thank you. You know what? I think, you know, we don't know where we're going to go in these conversations. You know, we have an idea, we have an idea, but when they go in this direction, those are some of the best parts of the conversation. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by CHT Orthodontics. When I was 15 years old, a boy I was crushing on told me his big brother thought I was cute. My awkward self was overjoyed. I thought, finally, someone thinks I'm cute. His brother's exact words were, your little friend with the buck teeth, sure is cute. The only two words I heard in that statement were buck and teeth, and in an instant, my heart sank. Not to worry, after nine full teeth and a couple of years of braces, bands, and headgear, my self-esteem was reinstated. Those braces changed my life and turned my biggest insecurity into my greatest asset. I've smiled with confidence ever since. This is why I am so excited about our sponsor, CHT Orthodontics, located right here in downtown Hinsdale, Illinois, where their mission is to help their patients to achieve their own dream smile. From braces tailored for children and adolescents to Invisalign solutions for adults and teenagers, CHT's goal is to make the journey easy and fun and ultimately help their patients obtain the confidence and happiness that comes with a beautiful smile. 
CHT's friendly team provides a welcoming environment that makes you feel right at home. You'll love it there. Dr. Carey and Dr. Ami pride themselves on being the top choice for braces and Invisalign in the Western suburbs. Personally, CHT is my family's top choice for braces for both of my kids. The staff is warm, the office is hip, and my kids are just months away from achieving the smile of their own dreams. Go to www.chtortho.com and schedule your appointment today. Stay cozy and smile. And now back to our cozy conversation. All right. I'm going to put my turn signal on and steer us back onto a path. Okay. I have an idea. This is my idea because I love when I thrift, I'm also doing two things. And I think this is how we can look at like going into closest closet too, is like, do you need like a fun, cool top and you want something super different and that someone hasn't seen and probably it's going to be like one of a kind go to closest closet, right? Or the other reason why I think you go go shop at a place like closest, closest closet is when you are building a capsule wardrobe, when you're trying to find those pieces, like a nice black blazer where, and maybe, and, and I, I also think about like a staple. I'm also thinking like demographics. Like, are you getting out of college and you're trying to build your resume and do what you're trying to do, but, and you really want to look chic and cool. That's when another opportunity to go to closest closet, to go shopping for something like that. And Danielle, what I wanted to ask you, because this is when I'm shopping and whatnot, do you, how is Closest Closet set up so our listeners know, is it color coordinated? Is it by style of clothing? So when people are coming to look and shop, what can they expect when they walk in through the doors? So in the physical store in LaGrange, it's organized by category and size um, with size tags. Any items that are on like particular sale are usually stocked in the front. So that's where you're really going to get um, the biggest bang for your buck. Um, members, those items are either zero credits or one credit. People shopping with cash, anything ranges from free to $7. Um, and it's sorted by size and category. Online, um, all of the items that come into the store are then, um, are then, um, organized, categorized. They are washed if need be. They are steamed and then they are tagged and posted online. And when shopping online, you can shop by color of item, brand of item, price point of item, or credit value of item, all the way up to what I encourage most, which is shopping by your zip code. Um, yes, you will create a ship. It will create a shipping label um, that the buyer pays for shipping, and you can, you know, be shipping across, or excuse me, shopping across the United States. But I prefer that you shop by zip code. So you enter your zip code and then anyone who has items posted within a certain mile radius of you, it puts you into contact with that person and you can arrange for porch pickup or meeting at a public space. That's brilliant. Oh, I love that. And I think we all started doing that during during COVID. I feel like people became really comfortable with the porch pickups. And Facebook marketplace, like these are things that we've been doing, um, mostly for those, you know, antique dressers that we got from Auntie Janet that we didn't want, but we took because we were being polite and then we want it moved from our house. So, Mm -hmm. okay, free, come pick it up from my house. Well, I think we need to expand on that. Uh, We're all always looking for something in our wardrobe to add, mm-hmm. I currently need like a pair of black mules. And mm-hmm. yes, I could find them. They could be here tomorrow if I were to order them online Absolutely. from Amazon. But it has become, 
a little bit of a scavenger hunt for me to look at my shop, obviously, is where I look first, but then talk to members who come in or customers who come in, oh, I'm looking for a pair of black mules. And nine out of 10 times, somebody says, oh, you know what? I have those. I never wear them. I'll bring them in for you. So I think we all have what each other wants. So true. It's just an opportunity to connect everybody. I have a question about closest closet. Can people just come in? And so I have, like I mentioned, a, a good amount of clothing. Can some, can I come in and bring that clothing to closest closet? Is it a sell by? Is it a, the, I know there's a hanger system where that's kind of what I can use as currency and have my hanger and buy and borrow clothes. Can you explain a little bit about how that process works for people who have a bag of clothes like myself sitting at their house and they're not sure what to do with it? Yeah. And uh, thanks for asking, because I think lots of people have a bag of clothes in their house or in their trunk that is out of their closet. (laughs) Yeah. That is out of their actual physical closet. Michelle, where's yours? (laughs) Mine's usually in my car for at least a week or two. And then my son is like, you are an embarrassment to the family. Please. A week or two? Uh, Oh, mine's like three months. He's like, get it out of here. I'm like, sorry, Will, the car's not clean enough for you, buddy. Yeah, well, when they start ahead, sports and their and their equipment is going in the back <laughs> of your car, that will be the motivator to get the clothes out. Uh huh. Um, so, closest closet. Um, it works both ways, really. The physical space, um, is where you can obviously physically see all of the items. Um, but either way, if you're doing it online, you are taking images of clothing and accessories you're no longer wearing. You post it to your clo- online closet. You immediately get credits. So it isn't like some other online shopping platforms where you don't get anything for the item until somebody else determines that they want it and pay you like for Poshmark, it. Like Poshmark? Like Poshmark. Exactly. Just okay. like Poshmark, but instead of getting, instead of having to wait for someone else to purchase your item or negotiate the value of your item with you, you get your credits instantly. And then those credits, if you're a member, um, can be used to shop any of the other items online. If you aren't a member or you don't have enough credits, you can buy credits for different values so that you can search all of that inventory. And in the store, it's a really nice physical space to do the same thing. So you would bring potentially your bag of items into the store, create an online account that is $20 a month or 160 a year, and you would earn credits for each item that you bring in. So anything with tears, rips, or stains, you don't get any credits, but I'll take it because I have um, a partnership with a company that takes those items and turns them into rags. And then one of our members, Laura, um, this makes me really excited. I'm more excited for any success Laura has than myself at times because she takes those items and makes them into rugs that we now sell in the store. They're super cute. I saw them on, um, I was going through your Instagram and they remind me of the rugs my mom used to have. They're like woven. The loom almost. Yeah, they're like looms. And And she she uses a loom to make them. Is she making them out of all different clothes and textiles or is it just t-shirts? So she's been making some denim that I really like. Cool. Cool. Super cool. That would look awesome in your kitchen, Michelle. Love that. A blue denim rug. Really cool. Yeah, I think she needs to do custom orders because she's got some size variation. But like in a kitchen, in you know, your kitchen probably has a more narrow walkway, I would imagine, on the one side. So it needs to fit that space. 
Um, and we have, we have three bins. We have a bin that is stuff that will get turned into rags. We have a bin of things that need to get washed. And we have another bin of heavier materials. And Laura comes in whenever she is, you know, in need of additional fabrics and textiles. And she takes that and then makes those into rugs for the store. I love um, that. So it's I- super cool. Um, and then we have two racks in the, um, we have a rack at LaGrange Farmer's Market and a rack in the uh, farmer's market in the back of the yards neighborhood that are free pieces. So anything that we have too much of in the shop, it's a really small space. So we have to manage it well, so it doesn't get too over. We're not too overwhelmed. Um, But those free racks in both of those spaces have been not only a way for us to market and get our name out, um, but it also makes nice, good quality um, timely clothing accessible to people in spaces where it may not be as easily accessible as it should. All right, Danielle, what are your thoughts on people who have like a thing about vintage clothing or don't feel like like oh, a negative know? feeling towards yeah, it? Yeah, like they're kind of like, I'm not really into like using other people's clothing or, or I can afford new clothes or I don't know, I've gotten vintage before and it smells weird. What are your thoughts on that? And what can you tell listeners and how, how can we inspire them to reconsider this idea of thrifting um, and be more uh, sustainable shoppers if they have this kind of uh, negative connotation when it comes to thrifting or used clothing? It's really funny that you asked that because um, I am in the store for some shifts myself. I think it's important for me to be in the space. And I was there last Saturday. Um, this a woman and her mom came in. She was admiring a beautiful um, knit St. John cobalt blue um, skirt. <laughs> it, it, yes. it was so pretty. Okay. And she said, how much is this? And I said, well, as a member, it's three credits. I explained the credit model. I said, or for a non-member, it's $21. And she said, I could get the same thing for cheaper at TJ Maxx and it's secondhand. And in wait, the wait, moment, what secondhand? That is second. What well, you have a secondhand. Yes. And she's saying I can get it cheaper for, for firsthand yes, at TJ's. From okay. TJ Maxx. And okay. You put them $21? Well, and then and I did So I thought about that. Like, are you familiar with St. John? Which, well, admittedly, right. the only reason I know St. John is because my mom happened to stay. Our mom's wearing Mom. Exactly. And I was like, oh, St. John. Oh, my mom's like, oh, well, another well. wedding, another St. John. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, mom, rewear that motherfucker. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I know that's exactly my default. Yeah. But same. I almost said something, but it hurts my feelings. Genuinely, when I hear someone, they'll be outside like, oh, it's a second hand. I'm like, yeah, come on. And I'll, you know, I'll give you the my spiel. I'll take a look at the inventory. When they don't even come in, it doesn't hurt my feelings because they're not going to become members or, or shoppers. It hurts my feelings because I'm so far down the rabbit hole on this topic mm-hmm. that to be reminded and it's not often, I will admit, LaGrange community is out and yes. the largest community are so like they are business women who are still going Love in the office, who want to look good, who want to travel and eat well and not spend their money on clothing. Love. But when I am confronted with that, I do, I feel bad for them because I want to say, and maybe eventually one day I will, but I want to yes. say, you know, 
we are only borrowing this planet from our children. Oh. We did not inherit it from our ancestors. We're, because we're borrowing it. We're just, we're renting it. We're tenants. We are borrowing. We're yep. borrowing this. So start borrowing close because we are really, we are prioritizing things that don't matter. And then I saw this girl at the pancake breakfast in Western <laughs> Springs. Did you flip she, a f- pancake at her? Did you throw a no, flapjack at her? I, I had her so locked in, right? Like I'm not great <laughs> with names, but with faces. And I like spun around and I turned to my friend. I was like, that girl was in closest closet on Saturday. And I told her the host my friend was like, uh, <laughs> I like, don't say anything to her at this well, family event. Another <laughs> thing to, but another thing to think about is a lot of stuff. And I do have to credit Bethany Frankel and another piece of content that I watched recently. Um, people might find things at places like TJ Maxx that are couture or designer that are actually not. And they're all, they're fraudulent. And, and you're literally, you might be paying a, a discounted price for something you think's like top notch and top of the line, but it's actually a fake. So I don't know. I think it's worth considering. I would rather me buy that second, be the second owner of something and know, or and it'd be real. real. I think maybe it's real. Then think I'm giving my money to some fuckers over at TJ Maxx, which by the way, I'm going to just say it. I'm sorry, TJ Maxx freaks me out. I'd rather walk in a closest closet or a thrift shop any day over going into Zara. I will never, and this is a pledge, I will never step foot oh, in Zara right, for as hand long. Hand is up, hand is so up, I'm Girl Scout, is it three, peace sign? Okay, uh, Star Trek, whichever no, one. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> All I'm saying is that that place is a nightmare to go shopping in. There's something really nostalgic and lovely about walking into a thrift shop and just kind of seeing what people's, what style was like five years ago, 10 years ago, 40 years ago. I've got a dress from the 1950s sitting in my closets going to Luna. And there's just, I think that you can also be really much more unique with your clothing when, when going into second, like used clothing stores or thrifting because you get to be, find pieces that no one has or spark up conversation and be like, this is my Esprit sweatshirt. Remember Esprit, you guys, with the yes, E? Yes, So it. good. I'm dying to find a sweatshirt that says Esprit across it. Danielle, if you come across one of those, please I put it on hold for me. Set it aside. Medium. Set it aside. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. Pinned to my brain. It will be all yours. But I think you have a really good point about like the psychology behind shopping, whether it's like the fast fashion shopping or the the thrifted shopping or the used clothing shopping, that people have to almost look bigger. Look at the bigger picture. Like you said, like what we're doing with this consumption is not doing anyone have any favors. And the people that are behind us, our kids, they're paying the price. And they they are already. I mean, we can pretend like all of these things happening everywhere are not based on the practices that have been happening in our country for centuries, but they are. And they're catching up with us and we need to start paying attention mm-hmm. because the alternative to that is that our kids are not going to have the lives that we envision for them. Um, and actually, I want to make this point because it's my personal favorite part of Closest Closet because I am a member of Closest Closet myself. Um, as a member, you can wear things once or bring it home and never wear it and bring it back and get your credits right back. So there have been so many times that I have loved something I've gotten from there and then wore it once. And it, you know, my left breast, which is bigger for some reason, but it's a common thing. I've Googled it is hanging out a little bit more than I want it to. And it doesn't work for me. 
I bring it back. I in good condition. I get my credits right back. Um, other things I will wear and get so many compliments on mm-hmm. that even though I wasn't sure about it myself, the validation I get from other people commenting, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that's going to be a permanent part of my wardrobe for you know this, this summer mm-hmm. or or whatever it may be. So you aren't stuck with anything, which I think contributes when we are too. spending our money on clothing. And we've you taken have to have buyer's remorse. Yes. yes. Or am I going to really wear this that much? Like, you know, how much? Or you might wear the shit out of it. And something else someone told me the other day that my left boob is a little bit bigger too. And she said it's because it's my left boob's closer to my heart. I don't know what that yeah. means, but... <laughs> I'll take, I think she was like a sweet thing. I'm like, yeah. um, but another thing I wanted to say before we start wrapping things up, and this is where I've gotten hoodwinked before, sustainable shopping, sustainable clothing. This is recycled. This is made from recycled materials, or this was whatever it might be, or go to H&M and drop off a bunch of clothes and get 15% off of your next. Like they, please realize that they are just, they're using and abusing us. And no matter what bullshit they're putting out there, they're greenwashing things, making it look like it's recycled clothing. It's all a bunch of smoke and mirrors. Hocus pocus. Hocus pocus. It's all hocus pocus. And I think that a conversation like this is something that people can really go think about the next time they're at Target. Stay on the main road. Follow the red brick road in Target and bypass the clothing. You prob the other day went shopping and I got all of I only got what I needed. No clothes. And Danielle, I did exactly what you said. I did not stray off the path. I actually went like past it. Now I've got a book buying problem. So I'm trying to stop doing that. We're working I'm, on that. We're, we're working on that. into the circulation. I'm going to the, the library. circulatory library system. <laughs> we're getting her into that. Um, Danielle, as we wrap things up, um, how can people find Closest Closet? Tell us where all of your website handles are and social media so people can dive into Closest Closet. Yeah, so you can go online, closestcloset.com, and it'll walk you through. You can browse the inventory there. You can create your account, um, start posting right away. You'll immediately see those credits pop up. Um, I think we're going to have a little bit of a deal with Sister Project. And if we're using the um, code, which I can't remember the code off the top of my head. Um, we will, we will, I'll put in the okay. intro. Okay. Um, and then yeah, yeah. I would love to meet anybody stop by the store. Um, that's a great place for you to see the inventory. Cause as I said earlier, everything that comes in the store gets posted. Um, now members have first crack at all those items. So when items come in, they are there for 30 days and they are only available to members. After that, if members haven't snatched it all up, then it becomes available oh. to the public. Um, we really want our members to feel like they are getting you know, the best access. Yeah, getting first look at everything. So you can see on the site that it'll say members only, and that's because it will be available only to members for 30 days. And in the store, those items are tagged as well. Um, I would love to meet anybody just even having conversations. It's been such an amazing way to educate people in an area that's you know, so familiar to me and so many of my friends. And I'm looking forward to everybody just making better decisions. Turn off the sink when you're brushing your teeth. You know, when you make pasta, wait till it cools down and throw that water on your plants. 
shop secondhand. Um, there's so many little things that we can do that don't have to have us going down the rabbit hole of like what clothes are being produced in the most mm. sustainable way. There's a much easier way to enter into the into that space without feeling like you need an education about it. Beautiful. I love, love I love this pasta water idea. Never thought of that. And I will be doing that moving forward. And you're also, your Instagram handle is closest closet. So people can reach out to you there, ask any questions um, about closest closet and whatnot. Um, Danielle, as we wrap things up, Michelle and I always talk about, of course, what we are reading and watching um, because we know our listeners love recommendations. So the first question for you is, for our listeners, are you reading or watching anything that is worthwhile that you would recommend? Starstruck. What's that? Is that a show or a book? It is a book. It is so funny. It seriously, it is so funny. I don't really, I'm hardly paying attention to TV enough to actually get the jokes to be laughing out loud. And I just, I slap my knee literally watching the show. It's about a woman who has a one night stand with a big celebrity and she's unaware it's an English or maybe it's Australian. It's, I get those oh. two mixed up. The accents okay. are so gosh darn similar. I know they are. They are. Wait, I, so I, this I, is I, a, this is a TV show. It's yes. not a book. It's no, not a book. It's a TV okay, show. Okay. And, and what, 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 where can you stream this? So I think it's on Mac. The first two seasons are on Max and then it just pivoted to BBC for the third season, which I think you need a VPN. I got to figure that out. Um, but you have two seasons to watch and it is just an absolute delight. It is good very wreck. Cool. I'm going to totally give this a whirl. Okay. It so it's a combo of Kiwi. So it's New Zealander and they're in London. So you're, you're, kind of right and kind of wrong, but it's all good. Okay. So starstruck. This sounds really is it, so it's hilarious. Okay, it's great. So I love funny. that. So okay, funny. good. I love a good one night stand story and see what f- unfolds from there. Yes, no, I had one one night stand. That's it. Just one time, you guys. I think I only I, had one too. I only had one, and, and I even knew the person, but then it, it was so uh, terrible. No, no, yeah, no. Michelle, how many one night stands do you have? <laughs> I didn't have many. In fact, I had an opportunity to have one, and uh, I said chose no. to walk out the door. Bravo. Wow. Good for you. Look at you. Wow. I'm not going to go into the details of mine to. now because yeah. we we'll talk about talk it when we visit it. closest closet. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be following up. <laughs> Danielle's like, so I'll see you guys tomorrow at closest closet. Yeah. And then Danielle, the last question we always wrap up with our show, Michelle and I cover, and we will give you the honors to answer because here in this platform, we do our best to enjoy life, eat the cake, but also take care of ourselves and dive into the cozy life and think about our well-being. So we would love to know from you, what do you do or are you doing anything new to maintain good, cozy, mindful well-being? I just got a bunch of lovely frames from Facebook Marketplace, and I'm in the process of taking art that the girls have made and printing out pictures, and I'm going to put those in the stairwell. And I think they're going to be so lovely to see when I'm in the kitchen or walking upstairs. 
I love that. I'm reading a book about how everybody is a creator, no matter if you think of yourself of, a, of an artist or not. And what it sounds like, Mr. Rick Rubin is the author of this book, is that you are creating something in your home that's going to make you feel, well, in my words, warm and cozy, but you're creating. And we, I think we don't realize how much we all do every day to create something. And I like that you are bringing in creation into your home and celebrating the art that your daughters are making. They make some really nice stuff. <laughs> well, there you go. There are they're yeah. creators too. I love that. So many abstract well, pieces. Danielle, thank you. <laughs> so abstract. So abstract. <laughs> so abstract. What is this? It's abstract. Danielle, thank you so much yeah. for a lot of things. And I want to say most importantly, thank you for bringing and shedding light on the conditions that we as humans are creating, but also more importantly, how we can make a difference um, for daughters, for the children, for people that are going to come way after us. Um, so thank you for creating a space where people can go and shop and be more fashionable, more sustainably. We are really grateful for you. And thank you for joining us today on Cozy Conversations. Michelle, you know what to do. Tell our listeners what to do. And that also a very important thing, friends. Stay cozy. This episode of Cozy Conversations is brought to you by Closest Closet, an online and retail store in LaGrange, Illinois, whose mission is to extend the life of existing fashion, reduce the amount of clothing in landfills, and turn consumers into activists. Currently, 70 million trees are cut down each year for clothing. And get this, one full garbage truck full of textiles is being dumped in the ocean every second. These statistics are jarring. But the good news is, Closest Closet's mission is to reduce fashion waste. And when you become a member, you too are making a huge difference in the well-being of our planet. Now, for just $20 a month, members can turn their gently used, unwanted clothing into credits to shop for free online and in-store. With thousands of options to choose from, Closest Closet is overflowing with high-quality used threads. The best part? When you are ready to revamp the wardrobe, bring items back in good condition and swap them out for something new to you. Non-members can shop at highly discounted prices and local folks in need are encouraged to shop for free. When you become a member at Closest Closet, you are choosing to take action. So check out the Closest Closet at closestcloset.com and use code SISTERPROJECTMONTH and get your first month's membership for just a buck. Then tonight, sleep easy, knowing you've made a commitment to sustainable fashion. And thank you for giving a damn, because you should. Thank you for joining us for today's cozy conversation. For more of The Sister Project, check us out on Instagram at, at the Sister Proj and our website, www.thesisterprojectblog.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and maybe even drop us a review. Until next time, stay cozy. Stay cozy.